Welcome to Around the League from UGASports.com. I am Dane Young alongside Hall of Fame head coach Jim Donnan and Brent Rollins from Pro Football Focus. This is the show here from UGASports.com where we look around the SEC and explain what we see happening this week and give you a preview of what is to come in SEC football. The show is brought to you by Lane's Barbecue. And man, their rubs, we'll talk about them later on as well. Their seasonings, their sauces. I've been cooking with them all week. I need to try this uh, Kapalua, the Hawaiian rub and seasoning. You can get 15% off Lane's Barbecue, your products from them right now with the promo code GODOGS. It's G-O-W-G-O-D-A-W-G-S. Go Dogs for 15% off. It's a Georgia-made uh, company. You're going to love their sauces, their rubs. Go to their Instagram page and watch uh, some of the things that they're doing with their barbecue over at Lane's Barbecue. Love what they do. Love their product. And we'll talk more about them later in the show. Also, shout out to Connor Grading and Landscaping based out of Monroe, Georgia, 770-639-3149. Give them a call and, and they will have your front yard looking amazing. Go over to their Facebook page if you want to check out Connor Grading and Landscaping. More on them shortly. Guys, we have a lot of games this week, so I just want to jump straight into this with uh, our overachievers, underachievers, and maybe a player to watch this season. So, Brent, I'm going to start with you, SEC team, that you think is probably most likely to overachieve based on expectations. I don't know if it's overachieved, but it's one that, to me, I think is in a position to do things that they haven't done before, and that's Texas A&M. I think there's just there's too much talent on the entirety of their roster uh, to do much to not play very, very well. And if they get average to above average quarterback play, I think they're going to make some noise and possibly even challenge uh, Alabama in the SEC West. Coach A&M is his pick. Where, where's yours on overachiever? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Kentucky based on uh, they're about 13 months pregnant to have a passing game overdue uh they they really do have uh, a, a very good stout offense and defensive line and some good backs i uh, got a transfer quarterback in it's got a big arm from uh penn state and they have a, a new offensive coordinator that is in the line of uh working with the the rams style attack where they really work hard off a good run game and play action game and not a lot of formations, but just to really try to execute. So, and their schedule sets up well for them. You know, uh, they got to play Louisville in a non-conference, but I got to give Mitch Barnhart credit. Boy, he's scheduled some some games for, for Coach Stoops every year that, that uh, really, Dane, I think you could go in there and win or they get somebody from the drive-through at, uh, at uh, Chick-fil-A to coach the team for the, some of these teams they play, but Overall, uh, their schedule is is certainly favorable. I'm going to pick a team that the schedule is not as favorable. I think Ole Miss will overachieve, and I'm following the quarterback on this one. I just don't imagine that Ole Miss's secondary can again be as bad as it was last season. I think having a full year of practice uh, with the defensive crew, guys like Otis Reese, the Georgia, trans Georgia transfer being over there, see Ole Miss as being an overachiever. It is a tough schedule, that SEC West, so it's a gauntlet, but they're going to uh, really be in contention with some of those top teams. How about a team in the SEC that's going to underachieve? I'll start with you this time, Coach. I'm going to go with South Carolina. I just think uh, – you know, they're, the cupboard's bare. 
uh, they're getting off to a bad start. I know Zeb Nolan will do all he can to help them, but, uh, you know, they've got uh, the two biggest rivals are in the top five in the country, Clemson and Georgia, and uh, they got a long way to go. And, uh, you know, I just don't see them having too good a year. Brent? Yeah, I agree, Coach, very much so. And, and for me, it's Arkansas. I think there's a lot of good feelings about, uh, you know, Coach Pittman and what he's doing and a lot of momentum. But I think they're going to take a step back because I think from from a playmaker standpoint, you know, some of the guys that left, some of the guys that aren't there now are going to, you know, and the rest of the SEC West kind of catching up and LSU getting back to itself, that kind of thing. I think Arkansas is sort of that team that doesn't really achieve what you think they might in year two. Underachiever for me is the Auburn Tigers. I think there's a bit of an identity crisis with the new coaching staff there, and I'm just still not a believer in Bo Nix. I, I need to see more from him to think that Auburn can take a next step or really hold on to where they've been the last couple of seasons, and we touched on that a little bit last week in our season preview. Uh, and then finally, if there's a player in the watch in the SEC, someone that, that is catching your eye as, at preseason that we need to follow the whole season. I'll start with you this time, Brent, your player to watch in the SEC. Same for my coming from my boom team is, is AM, and that's Devin A. Chain, uh, the running back that's, that's second in line to Isaiah Spiller. Isaiah Spiller is going to be great for them and, and was last year. Uh, but A. Chain has that next level speed. Very reminds me of, you know, being me being from West Virginia, reminds me very much of Noel Devine. So I think he's that player to watch that's just going to be a big time home run hitter for them. Yeah, I'm going to go with Max Johnson, uh, not just because he's from out there in Oconee. Uh, and uh, we've got a lot of ties with him, knowing uh, his dad and everything. But I just feel like the, the young man's really worked extremely hard throughout his life to get to this point. He's got a chance to play with some really good players. Uh, and, you know, if their defense can do anything to give him some field position, uh, he's certainly got some uh, really good playmakers to go around him. Uh, I look for Max to just have an unbelievable year as far as good stats. And uh, he, he, besides being uh, – good passer he's mobile enough to, to move around so I, I think you'll have a big year I'm going back to Ole Miss a guy that actually covered in high school when he played at Callaway High School in Hogansville Georgia Braylon Sanders is his name and coach on UGA Sports Live this week we talked about the value of these super seniors well he's one of these guys that has been at Ole Miss for quite a while at this point Elijah Morgan to the NFL Matt Corral finding weapons around the field. And he's one of those guys that knows where to be and what to do. I think Braylon Sanders will have a really solid year and maybe build some kind of uh, late round pick NFL campaign, which would be really good for him. So uh, that's a guy on my radar to keep a check on him. Ole Miss is looking for playmakers there. I want to stop for a second and tell you more about our friends at Connor Grading and Landscaping. And I could do that, but they haven't worked at my house. Brent, They've worked at your house. You know these people. Uh, they've, they've been front and center for you. I've seen their work uh, both in your yard, but then also on their Facebook page and just blown away. And you were telling me that just their customer service and how attentive they were to what you need at a really uh, a time that you needed them to be there quick. Tell me more about Connor Grading and Landscape and your experience with them. Yeah, very much so. The customer service part very as well. The, the owner, Mike Connor, always quick to quick to respond, get people out here, get people taking care of things. All your landscaping needs. I mean, it's a great time to do that in the fall. But also they do a lot of outdoor sort of oasis, patios, fireplaces, fire pits, you know, any sort of outdoor type thing project that you want to do, either or grading from the from the start, all kinds of things. They they take care of it. Uh, and like you said, their Facebook page has a lot of uh, recent new pictures of projects they've done. Please, please go check that out. We always so talk about things that I, uh, if I'm going to have a sponsor on the show, 
uh, I like to know what's going on. And so uh, I was out by Brent's house a couple of weeks ago, uh, going to practice to watch their team practice. And uh, I was really blown away by his, his whole house. You know, he, he kind of a subcontractor himself, but the landscaping, it got my eye right off the bat. And I was trying to give him credit for that. He took a lot of credit for the house, but not for the <laughs> landscaping, but it was uh, very, very impressive. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a big yard man, but from my own perspective, as far as doing much, but I certainly want my yard to look good too. And, uh, you know, I, it's easy for me to talk about something if I've seen it. And I was really impressed with that. And I was also impressed last week that, that uh, my friend uh, Brent came by the house and dropped off some of those rubs and, and some, also uh, he, he gave me some good, good uh, juice to put on my brisket there. Uh, it was unbelievable. I mean, I, I'm really not a great cook, but I can sure apply stuff. And uh, <laughs> we've got the right people working with us on this show. I can tell you that I was, I was blown away by both of our sponsors. That's Lane's Barbecue. They're based in Bethlehem, Georgia. Like I said, a Georgia product through and through. And uh, the people over there, just they love Northeast Georgia. They love the state as a whole. They love representing the state. So if you want to make your tailgate stand out, whether it's at home, through the work of Connor Grading and Landscaping, or on the road, as you are impressing people with your cooking skills, Lane's Barbecue can help you with that. 15% off right now. Go to their website. Get your order in. Go dogs, G-O-D-A-W-G-S is that promo code. All right, let's start going through the week is uh, that is for week one in the SEC first game Thursday. So if you're listening to this, this is a good primer for you uh, for later on tonight. If you're listening on Thursday, eight o'clock on SEC Network, we have Bowling Green at Tennessee. And coach, in previous years, we have seen Tennessee struggle early against some of these non-conference opponents. You think of the Georgia State game, for instance. Yeah, if they struggle against these guys, I mean, they need to go on out there and start selling used cars. Nothing wrong with selling used cars. I, I got some good friends that do that. But Bowling Green is just uh, has not shown much here over the last few years. Maybe they have some transfers and maybe they'll, uh, you know, Scott Leffler and I think Coach Van Gorder is still up there coaching the defense. But uh, this should be a, a game where Tennessee, I mean, they're 34-point favorite in these yep. – uh, People out in Vegas don't give those kind of lines unless they feel like it's a good chance. So I'm, I'm going to say this will be a chance for Tennessee fans to get a little euphoria and really have a good time at least once this year. So I'm, I'm going to say the balls are going to roll in this game. Some, some Thursday night action. No, that's right. Tennessee's in the SEC still. They, they, <laughs> you know, you think of that, that, that joke was made when this was sort of opening the season. But like Coach said, 35-point favorites. And now what's interesting is Milton, the transfer from uh, Michigan, actually wins the quarterback job there, not Hendon Hooker, who was a Virginia Tech transfer. So they've got three guys, which I'm, I wonder if Shane Beamer is calling up uh, Heupel and saying, hey, can I borrow a QB? Because <laughs> I need one. Uh, but, you know, well, I, I think Tennessee rolls as well. Yeah, you're talking about the action, and I got to just throw this in here about the old coach uh, when I was working at ESPN, you know, I used to do some of those games on Tuesday night and Wednesday, and it was a good idea by the, uh, you know, to give some different games. And I was actually doing a game up there at uh, at Akron uh, on on a Tuesday night, but we were on the uh, ESPNU, 
and I was with a young guy doing the game and he was nervous and everything, but he, he, he was good. I mean, they didn't put some of the best people on our games. I can tell you that, but I was just a, a young rookie as far as working on games, but I, I certainly felt like I was pretty well prepared, but anyhow, they had, as you have seen, and uh, they had a lightning delay on the big game on ESPN that was Miami of Ohio playing somebody else. So they told us that we were getting ready to go uh, switch our game to the big channel, that we were going to ESPN. Of course, I'd done some stuff at Sports Center and done all that. That wasn't a big deal to me, but I thought this guy that was doing the game was going to completely pass out. <laughs> I didn't even know if he could even talk. He was saying, hey, you know, I've been waiting my whole life to do this. And all that. I said, look, man, we got to call the game here. But that was got some a, action. Got a job to do. Yeah, he, we finally got it rolling, but this guy was in the fetal position, man. It was tough. So that when I hear that action, I had to throw that in there for the fans. I mean, we we went from being the low on the totem pole to the big daddy there for a little while. And he did a good job, but you could tell he was pressing a little bit. That's like a freshman quarterback getting thrust into action. It happens, and, and you got to be ready when it's your time to shine. Uh, first game on Saturday in the SEC. This is at noon on the SEC Network. Louisiana Monroe at Kentucky. Coach, you like Kentucky overall for the season. I'd like to think this is probably a pretty good start for them. Yeah, I don't think anybody's got as much uh, publicity as uh, Terry Bowden has at Louisiana Monroe. And, and uh, recently I, I hate it because it was – because of his dad passing away. And we've talked about that on other shows that we've done. But, uh, you know, this is a good chance for Terry to get back in the game. And he's got Rich Rodriguez running the offense for him. And Rod's uh, son's the uh, quarterback. So that'll be interesting to see how they do. But, uh, you know, Kentucky, uh, this is a tough opener for Monroe. They got a lot of transfers. Uh, you know, I mean, more than probably anybody in the country. But I, I look for the Wildcats to just – They'll get after him pretty good. This is going to be ugly. I don't know if you saw Brent's eyebrows raised with the Rich Rod reference at West Virginia. Yeah, it's always yeah, Hey, Terry Bowden, too, by the way. Terry Bowden, I'm pretty sure, was born in West Virginia. And yeah, Terry, Terry coached it, uh, up there, and he was born, and uh, also uh, his brother, and uh, they all got backgrounds, and that's where Jimbo Fisher got to know the Bowdens. And, uh, you yeah. know, he coached with him at Sanford, and uh, – Jimbo was actually a little All-American there at Sanford. Uh, and, uh, you know, he did a good job as a quarterback. And Terry was a quarterback, I mean, the, the actual coach at Sanford before he got the uh, Auburn job because he knew some of the people there at Auburn. And, uh, you know, they had a great staff there at Auburn. Uh, Jimbo Fisher was there and uh, also uh, Tommy Bowden. Uh, you know, they, one year they won every game. And then uh, things went the other way. But. So what about the Kentucky Wildcats? You think they're going to roll? Well, yo, very much so. But interesting note on their, their new quarterback, Will Levis, uh, the Penn, Penn State transfer. He actually has more career rushing attempts than throwing attempts. Hmm. 118 career rushing attempts, only 101 career passing attempts, and a 47.9 passing grade over his two seasons at Penn State. So hopefully the new, new, uh, new spot, new vibe, new place uh, can get him rolling and get Kentucky bringing back the forward pass in their offense. Well, deep down, that's why – Coach Stoops took him because he knew that they could run. He could run good enough. <laughs> passing didn't work, but uh, you know, I think it was a good move by Stoops to make. You know, nothing against the previous staff, but you know, there comes a point if you're going to make a move in this league, you you just can't continue to be 
you know, lose all those close games because he can't score. I mean, I think this is going to be a big, big part of their offense is try to put some points on the board, you know, and make it a little bit easier on their defense. I'm really curious what that offense is going to look like under Liam Cohen, bringing in a young NFL mind, trying to be the next Joe Brady. That's what everyone's searching for. Like LSU caught fire a couple of years ago. Kentucky, great in the trenches. So if you want to watch good play on the offensive and defensive lines, check out the Kentucky Wildcats. Two My advice to Liam is this. Don't let your ego get in the way. Coach the ball game to win it. Don't worry about the stats. Life yeah, lesson right. there from a coach. Yeah, right, Brent? Yes, you, you always. Got to win a game sometimes. Yeah. Two o'clock, two o'clock on SEC Network Plus, we have uh, the Fighting Sam Pittman's Rice is at Arkansas. Brent, I'll start with you. Uh, it seems like a pretty easy role for Arkansas. Yeah, and one, and play, one player to watch in this is a, a senior, Joe Fouché, F-O-U-C-H-A. Now sort of pairing with – and when you read about Arkansas in the offseason, he's one who – you know, getting stronger, healthy for the first time, like sort of best shape of his life type cat uh, that now pairs with Jalen Catalan to give them a you know back in nice safety combo. So that's one player to watch in that game. But other than that, the game not necessarily much to watch. Hey, that's why they got it on ESPN Plus. I mean, some people don't even know how to get to that channel, so it's going to be uh, should be an ugly game there because. Rice, uh, although Rice did beat Marshall at the end of the year last year, Marshall was undefeated and Rice went up there and beat him. But uh, I think you did a good job talking about uh, this uh, team uh, at Arkansas underachieving. I think they set some pretty lofty goals last year, winning three games when they hadn't won a conference game, you know, in two years. But to me, their defense just can't get off the field. And third down, they were terrible on offense. So if they can do either one of those, make some moves that way, they might be all right. But I think I agree with you about them underachieving. One of the marquee games in the conference this week, 3.30 on ABC, the defending champions, Alabama Crimson Tide and Miami squaring off in Atlanta. Coach, I think the point spread is around 17 or 18, depending on where you look at it. Is that where you see this going? Yeah, usually speaking, uh, you know, if you can get Alabama under 21, take it uh, any the rest of your life and you'll probably have an IRA. And, uh, you know, you can call it Coach D IRA. You know, I helped you out and I really appreciate it that I helped you. Uh, it's an IRA. You catch that one, buddy. So the point <laughs> here is this. Alabama's defense much better overall than it's been in a couple years. Uh, they're not going to have to outscore everybody. They're going to get a lot more touches on offense. Certainly they lost some premier players offensively, but I think, uh, you know, they've just got so many good backs and they can run and do the RPOs. Uh, King will give them some trouble because Coach Saban likes to play two-man and – you know, running quarterbacks have always bothered them, but you you got to be careful with this kid's knee. But I think it's roll tide, roll tide, roll tide. I agree. And Miami has been that for the past couple of years, that kind of good, bad team where they've beaten all the teams that they should beat and, and played well in a lot of games. But when they, you know, go play Clemson or go play someone in the upper echelon, the ACC, or even in the non-conference, it's just not went well for them. Uh, I will say from a defensive perspective, Alabama, 16 of the top 19 in terms of snaps for them return. Only losing Sertan, Christian Barmore, and Dylan Moses. Now, great, obviously great players there. But 
their linebackers, I just wrote a piece uh, that went up today on Miami's uh, rivals website talking about how if there is an area that for Miami to attack, specifically with the Eric King in the run game, but also with their backs in the throwing game, it's Alabama's linebackers. You lose Moses, but you get Tua Tua from um, Tennessee that transfers in. He was one of the lowest graded – him and Christian Harris, one of the lowest graded linebackers in all of college football last year in coverage grade. But I, overall, there's just – Alabama has just too much talent. I, I, from a watching standpoint, an entertainment standpoint, I hope Miami stays in the game. And it's something where, you know, Alabama has to sweat a little bit, but I don't, I don't know that that's the case. I think Alabama's front seven probably dominates this game and makes life hard for Miami. Though I will say, if you start looking at some of the advanced analytics, what Rhett Lashley has done with Miami, and maybe it's a product of the schedule in the ACC, who's to really say, been pretty impressive where he's taken the offense year after year after year. He'll be in the running to be a head coach somewhere of decent caliber based on what he's doing at Miami right now. Yeah, I would say this to Echo, and we said before the show we weren't going to agree with each other all the time, but I I'm going to say this about what the very salient point that that my colleague made about Miami. Let's see you do it against somebody that's good. Let's see you get these stats against the good teams, and let's see you do what you got to do against the winning record teams. And uh, that's what you got to do if you're going to establish yourself. Miami's got more transfers than probably anybody in the country. So let's see how they react with the, the, these new guys. And Manny Diaz – is saying that he's going to call the defense this year. Even though he's called it the last two years, he's going to actually say he's calling it this time. I love that. that see, that's why you're here, Coach, because you can you can tell us what's really going on uh, in, in those circumstances. Yeah. Four o'clock. I don't know. I, I mean, that's what a lot of people say, have told me. But, uh, you know, I think Manny's a good coach. But, you know, you've got a situation there where it's, it's time to deliver here. I mean, they got to get it going on down there if they're going to make the move to be in a you know a coastal team and that challenges you know these other teams in the league. Four o'clock on ESPNU, we have Louisiana Tech against Mississippi State in Starkville. Brent, we talk about year two of Mike Leach. Here we go. Yep, never only three times in his career less than thirty point per game average. His first season of each coaching stop. So now we what get was, to see what was the other coaching stop besides Texas State and. Miss and uh, out at uh, Washington State. So last year at Miss State. So his first year at Miss State last year was the was his first. Well, you're saying first, he's going to do for for sure better this year at Mississippi State than you say three times. Uh, so th- three I'm times in twenty years, facts, man. I'm checking you. Three times in twenty. So hey, it, it's on him to keep the trend, keep the trend of getting well, above thirty points. It, he's done it two times. This will be the third, right? So he's had less than 30 points per game averages in three seasons in his coaching career. The first year at Texas Tech, the first year at Washington State, and oh, then okay. last year. So this year, State. this year he's count you counting on him scoring more than right. I he he's supposed to based upon based upon past trends. Uh, hey, I just busting you. I agree. I think they're <laughs> gonna have a breakout year, man. You, you're doing a good job. I'm checking you out. That's, that's <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Ja- running back in terms of players to watch. Running back Jaquavius Marks. At the end of the year, they, they actually won a couple games at the end of the year because they started running the ball just a little bit. He had, you know, 170 yards rushing, over 170 yards or 142 yards rushing in the last two games, over 75 rush grade, also caught 62 balls a year ago. So Jaquavius Marks uh, in the backfield for Mississippi State, giving them some balance. And I think he's going to adapt a little bit this year uh, and still put up points in normal and probably shock somebody that we don't really expect him to beat. 
Coach, I know we were impressed with Will Rogers when he played against Georgia last year, thrust into that action. He, he managed that game so well. Yeah, I thought he did a good job. of, um, And Brennan had keyed us in that everybody in the league was dropping eight against them. And, you know, uh, and what would we be able to do doing the same? We could make the tackle in time, and they just made a lot of first downs. I mean, we dropped it, but he very accurate and hit the right guy and read the coverage. And that was a great scouting report that Brent gave us. And that's why you want to watch around the league, because I, I, I didn't know that everybody was dropping all those people on. But uh, that's going to be the same thing this year. They, you know, I'm sure they've worked on the spring practice. But I guess this kid from uh, Southern Miss has transferred in and is competing for the job, too. So he had some really good stats you know, as a quarterback there when he was playing under Buster Faulkner, who is, you know, the analyst that works with our uh, offense here. So uh, I just think Mississippi State is always going to have players. It's just a question. The West is so loaded. If they were in the East, they'd be challenging for second, you know, I mean, but over there in the West, boy, it's, it's uh wild, wild West, a tough, tough division. A team that could be challenging for second in the East. That's the Missouri Tigers had some promise last year. Uh, they are playing central Michigan at four o'clock on the sec network. Coach Connor Basilek, one of the probably more experienced sec quarterbacks at this point. Yeah, I thought Drinkwitz did a great job with their offense last year. Uh, you know, they made some changes on defense. Their coordinators left, actually went to Illinois and had a big win against Nebraska. That uh, They've got a new guy in that was a pro coach. And uh, let's see how he reacts. I'm sure he's, he's different for him recruiting. But um, Missouri's got good players. I mean, they, they really know what to do with the football after they catch it. They got a great scheme. I think the big key here is Central Michigan is pretty dang good. I mean, they're always right up there in the MAC, and and uh, you know Jim McElwain's up there uh, doing a good job. Uh, I mean, they're going to play every game and contest you with his offense. Uh, so I think it's going to be a tougher opener than uh, maybe the Tigers would like to have, uh, as far as compared to some of these other uh, cupcakes teams are playing. So I think it's going to be a good game, but Mich- Cent- Central Michigan will play them tough, but I'm going with the Tigers. It's only a 14-point spread. And, you know, one of the things when you think about the look of a team when you have a new coach, like people who are in Nebraska fans, their team doesn't look like it should in terms of – and what do you say, what does it look like? Are you prepared? Penalties, dumb mistakes, delays of games, just things that, you know, from a coaching standpoint that oftentimes are controllable. I think Missouri actually – looked the part like Eli Drinkwitz last year looked the part of a guy who prepared his team and prepared his team. Well, Uh, one player to watch for them, Kiki Chisholm receiver, six, five led their team last year in target and receptions. And he's back uh, on the outside for uh, giving Basilak the, the, that contested catch target guy. Kiki Chisholm, great college football name. That's just, you want to root for that name. Um, We'll see what happens in the first year of the Brian Harson era at Auburn. The Tigers, another SEC Network Plus, ESPN Plus game. This is at 7 o'clock. Coach, you were talking about scheduling for Kentucky and how they've had some favors done there. Auburn starts the Harson era out with Akron and then Alabama State. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just going to tell you, Akron has uh, got a long way to go. I mean, uh, made a coaching change a couple years ago, and they just uh, – I, I don't think they won but one game last year. And uh, this is a good good team for uh, for uh, Auburn to play. And of course, Alabama 
a uh, and m same thing i mean just undermanned against this uh tiger team but i i don't see them getting seven wins this year i mean they're gonna have a hard time within the league then they got to play crossover game against uh georgia uh it's gonna be tough for the for the tigers to get going and uh one thing you can count on, though, when they play Alabama A&M, that band from Alabama A&M will play the whole game. They don't even stop during timeouts. They get going, man. I'm actually kind of differ with you guys in terms of my thoughts with Auburn. I think Auburn could be interesting this year, and especially if they go up and beat Penn State. Is that some Penn Bobo State, love? Is that what you're saying? I mean, because the thing is, is with Bobo, he puts up points wherever he is. No matter the talent, he, he, ten, he tends to to find ways to put up points uh and then also they're really good in the secondary to the point where you know they got drashon miller from west virginia as, as a transfer guy didn't even show up in their two deep uh, at the you know the recent sort of depth chart reveal that they had so here we thought hey this is another great guy that they're getting in the transfer board doesn't even show up in their two deep so they feel pretty good about where they are uh, in the secondary but the player to watch for me for auburn over the first part of the season is former georgia bulldog mr demetrius robertson who he's had this is now his sixth college season and had more than 50 targets in two years and in those those two years he had 80 catches 100 almost 1100 yards and 10 touchdowns so when he's gotten actual you know targeted in within the game he's put up production numbers for them and he's going to be uh, targeted a lot in this auburn offense i think how many catches did he have in those two years so one with cat one with cal and then one with georgia 80 catches in those two years oh wow yeah, I can't. I, I mean, didn't know you're counting Cal, but hey, I wish we had him right now. Our, our receiver situation with injuries. I mean, I think he left too soon, but uh, he'll he'll definitely help him. I think the biggest key to me when you're an offensive coordinator and your head coach has been the guy that's run the offense every place he's ever been. Uh, Harson ran it at Texas, at, at Arkansas State, at Boise State, and. Uh, you know, how much is he going to let Bobo call the game? I mean, it's, I don't think you'll see a Mike Bobo type offense from these guys. I think you're going to see more Boise than you do uh, Auburn. And, you know, there's going, he's going to have, he's the head coach. He's going to have his, his touch on it. And, uh, but I agree. Uh, if I were uh, Coach Arts and I'd get Bobo and tell him, hey, you know what to do in this league. I'm just going to tell you when to punt and things like that. But we'll see how it goes. But I think he's going to have a hard time letting Mike have the reins. And then defensively, Mason's got to prove that he can win in this league. I mean, he did it out in, in the other on the West Coast and, and did a good job. But uh, his defenses have really let him down here at uh, Vanderbilt. And, of course, they've been outmanned some. But they their defenses – need to really make a big move there. He's replacing one of the best defensive coordinators in the country in steel. And I think those are some big shoes to feel to fill. One note about Demetrius Robertson, Brent, is that while he said that he was transferring a little bit earlier on, I think that was uh, he transferred from Georgia in the spring. He actually didn't arrive at Auburn until August because he had to finish up some classes at Georgia. So he's only been with the Tigers for about a month. And, yeah, he's been there for fall camp. I'll be curious to see how equipped he is to, to be a star in that offense. I guess we'll all find out together. Um, at 7 o'clock. We have South Carolina and Eastern Illinois also on SEC Network Plus. And Coach Brent and I were texting earlier. We'd love to hear your thoughts on South Carolina's quarterback situation because I've never heard of anything like that.
What happened there? South Carolina's quarterback situation. You want me or who? You, yes. Oh, I just got a text there that got me a little shook up here. Uh, sorry. Uh, uh, was trying to make sure my daughter was trying to make sure I remember that it's a granddaughter's birthday, which I've already sent her some money on Venmo. So we got that covered. Good well job done. by you, coach. Good job by you. Well right. done. So anyhow, that's a bad excuse. So hey, you're fine. Uh, I, I think the real deal here for, for, you know, Nolan's been around football. His dad's a coach and, uh, you know, it's a good chance for him. He had his eyes in the stars and, and went out to Iowa state and they made him a lot of promises and they didn't give him the shot that he needed. And then they got a really good quarterback come in there from Arizona who's really taking him to a big level there. And then he transferred to, North Dakota thinking he's going to be the guy and they had Trey Lance who ended up being the third guy drafted. So here's his shot. But the only problem is, uh, you know, he probably had a better chance of winning at North Oak against North Oconee and teams like that than he does with his South Carolina team. I mean, they're just not very good. There's a reason they made that change down there. Uh, you know, they, they've got some really good defensive front people, but they've had a lot of guys transfer and some of these transfers that they brought in. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be tough for Zeb. I'm pulling for him. I hope he does well. And, it's uh, definitely and, not a situation kind of like you had uh, when two guys get hurt and then your third QB is true freshman and his name happens to be Chad Pennington. Like that's oh, not this not this kind of situation. Right. Yeah. I think South Carolina's in for a tough year as well. Oh, yeah. um, the primetime game in the SEC is Georgia versus Clemson, top five matchup, 730 on ABC. Brent, I'm going to go to you because Coach Don and I, we've had the microphone all week uh, between our interview with Kirk Herbstreet and UGA Sports Live. We, we've given a lot of takes on Georgia and Clemson, but I haven't heard from you. What, what are you looking for? This game, I think this game comes down to the article that you wrote on UGA Sports about a, you know, a week or so ago which team has the better quarterback because I don't think either team is going to be able to do much running the ball unless, and I will say just sort of my own thoughts and some of the things that I hear and know within, within the Georgia, I, I think we see a little bit more diversity in the running game from Georgia, a little bit more pulling things like that. But I don't know that, you know, you're playing against a defense that's quite impressive along the defensive line and, and defensive front. So it just comes down to, can you cover Justin Ross? And then how good does your quarterback and receivers play? Because in the end, I think that's what's going to matter. Is that guy – is DJU better than JT Daniels? And who plays better? I agree with that. And, and what I'll say, Coach, is that if people like our commentary on this game, they can get it all during the game with our live watch-along show on our YouTube page. Be sure to come watch – uh, Georgia and Clemson three with us three. And three uh, us. I tell you, Coach, I learn more from, from just how you view games. Every single time, I feel like I, I know more about football from having uh, sat beside you. I don't know if you have any more commentary you want to give on Georgia Clemson. Yeah, I just need Brent here to carry my water because he knows – I know what used to happen 20 years ago, but I'm behind the scenes now. He's up to date with all this stuff, and he grades these players and everything. But I'm still calling plays back when he didn't have face mask, you know, so uh, I got to work on that a little bit. But uh, I think it's just uh, a situation here. You know, quarterback play, like you said, very, very big time in this game. But to me, there's going to be a lot of contested balls in this game. Uh, who's going to be able to get the most help from their safeties? Uh, 
can Georgia play two man against DJ by that? They love to play man under, but you know, a quarterback runs, it'll take them away from it. So uh, I don't know how much they want to run their quarterback because their backup guy just had an Achilles in the spring. So, so I'm, you know, technically can Georgia play some of their stuff against this guy? If they can't, then their pressures are going to have to be really good. They're going to have to get help up front because their secondary is, uh, it just doesn't have the players that they, I mean, you know, we had two first round corners last year and I think both these corners are going to be good. And, uh, you know, Ringo and uh, DK coming in, you know, uh, I, I think that both these guys are going to be good, but, uh, safety wise, you know, we lost the count to the pros and, uh, and the same thing with uh, this uh, Clemson. Everybody talks about everybody they got back, but that defense that they had back gave up six touchdown passes against uh, Fields and Ohio State, over 200 yards rushing too. So uh, maybe they'll make some adjustments, but uh, it's going to be a back and forth game. And I wish we had some of our players like Pickens and, and you know, guys like that uh, in Washington. But, hey, they got guys missing too, so – uh, I could talk all day about it, but I think it's going to be a really good game. And we'll talk all night about it. That'll be 7-20 on Saturday. And one last thing for me with, with Georgia and, and this game specifically, because as we talked about last week, they're going to be double-digit favorites the rest of the schedule for the most part. This is the game against elite competition and elite, a lot of sort of first-round type players. Who for Georgia is going to say, hey, I'm a first-round top 15 type player. Does Trayvon Walker take that step? and make that does Jalen Carter take that step and say, Hey, I'm a first round type player. Does Jermaine Burton come up and say, Hey, I'm elite, elite, elite player against elite teams. They have, they've had a lot of really good over the last few years, but elite is a different level. And and I think that's this, this is the opportunity for those guys to show that. A future is created in games like this. I think it's a really good point. All right, guys, I'm going to limit you to 10 seconds as we uh, run through these last five games in the SEC. And uh, we're not trying to slight these teams. We'll talk about we, got, yeah, we have five left. Yeah. Holy moly. We've been, I've been talking way too much. Let's go. I'm, 10 seconds. Snappy. We've got 7.30. One thing, man. I got all this time and I get you guys with me. It's like, you know, some guy hadn't had a date and he, he's got a date and he just doesn't want to take her home because he's got to go home. But, hey, I'm glad you guys are talking to me. So I apologize to our fans out there. But, you know, I'm not as lonely as I'm looking, but I'm, I, I do enjoy being around you guys and talking. So I'm going to do better on it. I apologize. You don't enjoy it as much as we do, Coach. I promise you that. Okay. 7.30 on SEC Network, FAU against Florida. Uh, player of note, Brent, I would say, Nikosi Perry, starting quarterback for FAU. Played a lot of college football at Miami. Yes, uh, but, and, but this game still to me, it's Emory Jones. It's can you, are you the guy now? Get you know game in game out. Do you become the guy that can throw and run, not just be a you know running threat in a way? Go play the whole game. Go go show yourself what you got. Yeah, I agree. Florida's defense got to show up. It's time to make it make it move. They've made some really good moves with the transfers and recruiting. Maybe they can play better on defense. But I think Emory Jones will light them up. Eight o'clock on Saturday on ESPNU, fresh off of a rumored raise, which I didn't know if that was possible. Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M hosting Kent State, coach. Hey, he's up to nine million and hadn't won the SEC uh, West yet. Can you imagine what he's going to make if he wins the West or the league? Uh, you know, he'll be giving Trump alone. 
Uh, there, there's no question about the fact that uh, th they got a good team. I don't think they're as good as last year just because of quarterback play, just because of some of the defensive players they lost. But A&M will probably be the team that challenged Bama, though. Dustin Crumb. Watch this game to watch Dustin Crumb for Kent State. Guy can play. And this is a great showcase for him. Kent State can light it up, can't they? Yes. And they're, they, I like – like for me, a, a watcher and connoisseur of offense in a way, I like what they do offensively. Do a good job. Also at 8 o'clock on SEC Network plus ETSU, East Tennessee State, uh, is the opponent for the opening game of the Clark Lee era at Vanderbilt. Brent, I really don't know what to say about this game, to be quite honest. Yeah, go get your win, Vanderbilt. Go get your one or two win. One of your two or one, your one. Have, have some positive vibes. Coach? Yeah, you know, Randy Sanders, the coach at ETSU, coached up at Tennessee for a long time under uh, Coach Fulmer and Cut. And, uh, you know, it's a big game for them playing Vandy. These kids will play hard, but uh, I, I think Vandy certainly got more players for sure. And I, I like Clark Lee's approach. I mean, there's a guy that went to school there. He knows what they can do and what they can't based on the pass. And what he's got to do is change some of these, what they can't do. Uh, he, to me – He's the best coach of the four as far as the right guy for the job, that the, the new guys coming in. I think he'll do a good job there, Bandy. 8.30 on Fox on Saturday night. This LSU at UCLA. We saw UCLA in action against Hawaii. I don't know that any uh, judgment should be made from that based on the quality of that game. But I will say LSU's got some issues with its offensive line, Brent. And they do, and they got some issues with just life. Right now, like they, they're like, I can't even imagine being in that situation again. I mean, granted, it happened, it was so long ago that happened, but well, just, just, just if you want to know the game displaced by, by the hurricane, they've been in Houston, uh, preparing for this and now heading out to LA. So that's what Brent's talking about. Yeah, the routine is completely not routine, uh, right now. So maybe football becomes their safe haven, you know, they dial in and all that sort of stuff, but still life is a little bit different that, for them now. So I'm, I'm very intrigued to see how they play uh, in this game because obviously we're going to be watching a different game as they play. Yeah. Hey, one thing they're going to do, they don't have to worry about crowd noise because I watched the crowd out there against <laughs> UCLA against Hawaii, and there was a lot of people disguised as seats in that stance. I'm just telling you that, uh, you know, they're trying to give away free tickets and, uh, maybe they need to get a concert or something there to get some more people in there, but they won't have any trouble with the silent count or anything like that. But realistically, UCLA is a much improved team. Uh, this guy's a heck of a coach. I mean, when I used to watch him when he's coaching in New Hampshire. Uh, he, he's one of the most uh, creative offensive coaches out there. His quarterback's been in a system and he's got some backs. He got that transfer from Michigan. Uh, defensively, you know, they, they got to play cohesive with their offense you know they some games they played pretty good and then you know they had that game against Washington State last year where it was 59-57 in regulation or something so uh but you as you know we got to see LSU step it up defensively got a new whole new defensive concept and all that I think that's the real key offense is going to be pretty good but it's a tough test to go out there and play and it just be displaced like this but uh I could see UCLA winning this game. I hope they don't for uh, LSU's sake because I'm pulling for the conference. But UCLA is a tough out right now for anybody. Plus, they got that first game under their belt. 
And it's always tough to play somebody that's already played a game if y'all are pretty close. I'll be curious to see if LSU fans take over the stadium out there. I think there's a possibility they travel really well uh, because it's a decent trip, beginning of the season. Maybe if people were already planning on doing it, we'll see. I'm not sure, but I, I'm with you, Coach. I think there may be as many LSU fans or more than there will be UCLA people out there. I would have said that except for the tragedy that's happened. I mean, a lot of people probably can't be thinking about leaving their home to go out there with no power and all that. So we'll see. But uh, those those LSU fans really do travel well. And, uh, you know, they, they'll have a good uh, contingency. I know uh, I talked to Brad Johnson, uh, the quarterback, uh, Max Johnson's uh, father. They're leaving like 7.15 Saturday morning after watching their son play over at Oconee uh, Friday night. So they'll be out there back in Max. That'd be great. Glad they're able to get out there. Final game in the SEC is on Labor Day. This is Monday at 8 p.m. on ESPN. It is Ole Miss hosting Louisville. Uh, that's a neutral site game. Excuse me. That's also in Atlanta. It's a, But yeah, it's Ole Miss it's versus Louisville. And the over-under on this game is 75 and a half. So they're expecting a lot of points. Uh, but I think my bold prediction for this week is kind of in line with your boom prediction for Ole Miss, Dane, is I think Ole Miss holds Louisville under 30 points. That would, you know, and that, which didn't happen often for them uh, a year ago. So I, I think, I, I, I think maybe Louisville well. holds Louisville under 30 points. That's the way that, I would That's possibly that. too, but still yet, <laughs> I feel pretty good about Ole Miss in this game. But hey, at least it might be a fun, entertaining game to watch on Labor Day evening. Yep. You're exactly right. I guarantee you, if, uh, if they hold them under 30, uh, Coach uh, Kiffin will have a conga line out in front of the, the uh, dressing room after the game dancing to finally see that they don't have to score more than 30 to win. But, you know, uh, Satterfield does a good job in Louisville. Uh, that You know, he looked at some other jobs in the offseason and didn't work out real good for the morale of the athletic department. But uh, I didn't think they improved much from the first year to second year, and certainly their record didn't. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see. He's starting to play with his own players now. We'll see how that goes. But – uh, can Ole Miss defense make a move here? You know, that's a big, big deal for them, and uh, we'll see how it goes. But they should win the game. I think it's a great game to have on during Labor Day, and I think that Lane's Barbecue is the seasoning that you want for your Labor Day cookout at your house. The Spellbound is some of my favorite. I even, you know, I love the labels that they have on these ingredients. This has got uh, white sugar, brown sugar, salt, pepper, garlic, chili powder, paprika, smoked paprika, oregano. I think you could put this on anything and make it taste good. I love the stuff from Lane's Barbecue. The thing that I've had recently, Brent, that we've been cooking is the, the sort of white uh, Alabama style barbecue sauce. We've had that on some chicken that we've sauteed. Man, it's really good stuff. We've really appreciated what we've gotten from Lane's Barbecue. And uh, you can get 15% off with the promo code GODOGS, G O D A W G S. Support the people who support us and what we do here at UGA Sports. Brent, I know when you were having conversations with the Lane's Barbecue people, they were just thrilled to, to get on board and be a part of what we're doing. Yes, very much so. Uh, big Georgia fans, uh, and, and they love the fact that you know we support them as much as they support uh, us. So, like you said, 15%, go dogs is, is the key, and, and Coach comes back to us and pulls back in there, and we're ready to go. Oh, yeah, he's got it. He's been using it. This sauce the kind of sweet. I call it juice, but I mean to say it's sauce, and I'm telling you, this will make a bulldog break its chain right here in there. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fired up about it and I'm not going to endorse something unless it really works good for me, but 
Hey, uh, I ate more than I needed to when I put this sauce on, and I promise you that. So go for it. Like it. Like it. Whatever your flavor palette is, Lance Carby's got something for it. I love the dry rubs. That's that's more of my jam, but I love their sauces as well. Also, check out our friends at Connor Grading and Landscaping, based out of Monroe, Georgia, having your yard looking great for your tailgating season at home and uh, making sure that you can have your friends over for these cookouts when you use your lane barbecue seasoning. That's Connor Grading and Landscaping. Check them out over on their Facebook page. All right, guys, this has been a pretty packed show, a big week in the SEC. We will see everyone here on our YouTube channel for the Watch Along show. That is Saturday. We'll get going about 7.20. You can sync us up with Georgia and Clemson and get our broadcast on your second screen experience. Coach, excited to do this with you again. It'll be a lot of fun. and This was fun today. I enjoyed it and I hope the fans will get some kick out of it and we can keep uh, making this thing work but watch us on uh, saturday night should be a lot of fun for brent rollins and for jim donnan i am dane young thank you for listening to around the league from ugasports.com